Welcome to this week's edition of Hockey Unfiltered with Ken Campbell. I am Dylan Waugh. I am the sidekick. I am the BJ Honeycutt to Hawkeye Pierce. Today we're going to be talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs. We're going to be talking about some awards predictions, the Anaheim Ducks and the Minnesota Wild. You can check out Ken at Ken underscore Campbell 27 or myself underscore Dylan Waugh or this podcast at Hockey No Filter and some big news coming up. So we've uh, we've got some news. We do. Yeah, we're uh, we're we're no longer untethered. That's right. We're no longer footloose and fancy free. Yep. Yeah. We're we sold out we to sold the man. Out. We're the podcast equivalent of pinned. <laughs> <laughs> I should have made a bye bye birdie reference. Why didn't I think? Of oh that? my god! Just just get to Stop. it. Stop. Just get okay. to it. Okay. We are proud to announce that we are officially a tied to the, <laughs> the Hockey Podcast Network. Yay! Yay for, us. Yay for us! So, if for whatever reason you don't get next week's episode, you might have to search us up just in case there's not entirely a seamless transition there. And if you're watching us on YouTube, um, you're going to have to look for the Hockey Podcast Network's YouTube channel. And as a celebration for our joining the Hockey Podcast Network, who's going to be our first guest next week? Our first guest? Our did first you, did guest. you ask who's going to be our first guest? Yeah. It's going to be none other than Jeff Merrick of Hockey Night in Canada, 32 Thoughts, and uh, the Fan 590. Yes, you might so, know him from the gym. <laughs> Yeah, he's in quite good shape. Yes. Yeah, if you don't get if also if you don't get the uh the podcast, you can call Dylan's cell phone. It's 416 to uh maybe not. <laughs> I'm surprised that you got the first four right too. Well, I was looking right at it. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, that uh that that wouldn't be ideal. No. So uh that's the big news. Yep. I'm excited. Are you excited? I, I'm very excited. Very cool. Yeah. So uh should we move on to hockey? We should. Yeah. Okay. Because who, who who cares about our big news? <laughs> we do. The Toronto Maple Leafs. Yes. Yes. They uh they're a team that plays on 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 um on a slab of ice. Right. And uh they've had a glaring issue for a couple of years now. Now it's been as bad and not quite as bad as people have thought, but their issue has by and large been defense. Mm-hmm. And when I say by and large, I mean the lack of large defense. <laughs> yeah. Now Giordano has joined the team, and we've got a decent sample size with Giordano on the team. What do you think of this team now as we start, as they start ramping up to the playoffs? We don't have to ramp up to the playoffs. Right. We're good. We're in playoff form right now. Well, before last night, <laughs> I would have said not bad. After last night, I would say there's still major, major concerns about this defense core. Um, it, uh, last night they had, uh, last night was being Tuesday night, uh, against the Florida Panthers. They had a five, one lead yep. and they lost seven, six in overtime. Um, and a lot of the goals I thought with the exception of the Radko Gudis goal, which was a slap shot from 
either just inside or just outside the blue line yeah. from Radko Gudis. Yeah. <laughs> that was a bad goal. That was on that was on the goaltending. But pretty well every other goal was like right in the prime scoring areas. Yeah. And the Florida Panthers were able to get there easily. They were able to stay there easily and they were able to get scoring chances from there. Yeah. Um, so to me, it's almost like if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs, I feel like, you know, you just have to do what you want. You, you have to be what you are, you know, yeah. and you're never going to be a defensive juggernaut, although they are a lot better defensively than people give them credit for, I think. I agree. And, and, I, and I just don't think that in the playoffs, defense has been their problem. In the playoffs, their problem has been that their best players have gone completely and utterly AWOL. Yeah. And when I mean their best players, I mean their best players. I mean Austin Matthews. I mean Mitch Marner. William Nylander has actually put up pretty decent numbers in the postseason. But, you know, I mean, they they have gone AWOL and that and and their scoring dried up. Yeah. Um, so now I just feel like you you have to be what you are. You can't reinvent yourself now. You know, mm-hmm. like the trade land line's gone by. You've addressed everything that you could possibly address. Yeah. Uh, now it's just let's outscore the opponents. And is that a recipe for success in the playoffs? Well, history tells us it's not. But, but your bet is your bet is made. At this yeah, point. yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Your bet yeah. is made. And and I, I mean, Giordano has been good. Yeah, he's been good. He's had a couple of couple of those. Holy cow, I can't believe he did that moment. Yeah. No. Um, I know he got undressed. Um, can't remember. It was a one-on-one, and and he just got completely dummied on it. Um, you know, but but for the most part, he's comes as advertised. Yeah. You know, plays tend to die when they come down his side of the ice, you know, and all that, and he's been more physical and, and that sort of thing. But, you know, last night... Um, uh, Jake Muzzin comes back and they take Labushkin out of the lineup and they keep Ho- Justin Hall in. And I mean, the whole uh, Muzzin pairing all year has been not, not char- to be charitable, terrible. Yeah. You know what I mean? So uh, they've still got issues. They, they've got issues. They're always going to have issues on that blue line with what they have. Yeah. Um, they're better. Uh, but I mean, if, if their scoring doesn't show up again in the playoffs, it doesn't matter how good their defense is. It doesn't matter how bad their defense is. And I just think now you are what you are. Yeah. So go and shoot the lights out. Yeah. Um, just looking at the last several scores for their games last night, notwithstanding six, two against the lightning. Yeah. So holding the lightning to two goals. Yeah. Six, three against the flyers. Mm -hmm. The flyers are, you know, something less than a juggernaut. Um, and they weren't terribly happy with the way they played in that game. No. Yeah. 7-3 against the Jets. Yeah. The Jets, despite struggling this year, do have scoring power. Mm-hmm. Um, 6-4 against the Bruins. And then 5-2 against the Panthers. That's the last time that they played the Florida Panthers. Right. So they're scoring 5-6 and six almost every game. Yeah. And letting in 2 or 3. Almost every game. I mean, you know, it's like that old joke. It's like, well, do you want defense or offense? Oh, I don't know. Both. Yeah. But also, I mean, when you've got the puck on your stick all the time. 
Right. You don't have to play defense, right? Yeah, exactly. And when you're in the offensive zone all the time and you're and you're tiring out defenders and you're getting all these great chances, yeah. you don't really you don't really have to be that good. Right. Defensively. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. The, d- the defense is taking care of itself. Right. You know, I mean, it was the same thing with Eric Carlson. I used yeah. to have this argument with everybody. Like, it was like, oh, yeah, well, look at the, look at all the plays he makes and look at all the mistakes he makes and everything. It's because he's got the, he's, he's carrying the puck out of the Senator's yeah. zone virtually every time. Yeah. You know, I mean, of course he's going to make the odd mistake. It's but look at how many, stat. yeah, yeah. But look at how many, look at how many plays he creates. Yeah. And look at how many times he gets it out you know, safely and, and well, and on somebody's stick. Yeah. So those scores, of course, are excellent. Here's where it gets uh, a little bit dicey. In those games against the Lightning, the Leafs had a 49% Corsi 4. Mm-hmm. So in all situations. That's so, not good, right? Well, I mean, 50% is equal shot attempts. Yeah. It's just a larger sample size of shots, right? right. So it's right. kind of a possession stat, right? Against the Flyers... The juggernaut flyers, they had 48% Corsi for. Yeah, yeah. Against the Jets, they had 60. Against the Bruins, they had 50. And then the last time against the Panthers, 41.75. In, 41%. In that 5 2 game, eh? In that, that 5 2 game. game. I was at that game. It seemed like they were, they dominated. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess my point is, is that, you know, when teams tighten up defensively in the playoffs and goalies, in a perfect world, unless they play for the Toronto Maple Leafs, step up their game because it's playoff time. Right. Then you're not going to score at no, you're not. that rate. No. You're not going to, no. if you're not putting no. the shots up against, you know, the other goalie, you're, you're not going to score. Well, and the other thing you haven't talked about is it's a completely different game from an officiating standpoint in the playoffs. Yeah. Completely well, different. Yeah. Completely different. Yeah. yeah. So if you can't, if you can't battle through that, yeah, and and overcome that, then you're going to get shut down. It's yeah. what Ben Sherratt did to them last year. Yeah, you know, it's what Montreal did to them last year. Yeah. yeah, you know, you can get away with so much more in the playoffs. Yeah, doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's stupid in my opinion, but yeah. it's true. Yeah, and I don't like. <laughs> I don't see this year being any different than any other year. I've got a friend who is uh, the epitome of a self-hating Leafs, Leafs fan. Right. Right. Yeah. We have a He's lot tortured. of those in Toronto. He's tortured. He doesn't yeah. hate himself. He's tortured. Yeah. But he he says he says he's so tired of Leafs fans whining about how the refs don't call the rules and the refs hate us and we just try to play a clean game. Blah 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 blah. And he goes he goes. We've known what the playoffs look like compared to the regular season. It's been that way since the dawn of time. Yeah. yeah. The fact that. Our, our management has not seen fit to um, rec- rectify that that problem, that glaring problem in their lineup, and instead just whines about officiating, not necessarily Dubas himself, but you know what I mean? Yeah. He goes, how how often can you do that before it's kind of a fool me, fool me once, fool me twice situation? Right, right. right. And there's, and, and you, you know, you go out and address it, but you go out and address it by getting guys like Wayne Simmons and Kyle Clifford. I mean yeah. that's that's all well and good, yeah. But those guys can barely play in the regular season. Montreal got Douglas Murray, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but those guys can barely play in the regular season. Mm-hmm. You know they can't play. You can't have them playing twelve even minutes a game in the playoffs. Yeah, you can't. No, <laughs> no. Like Kyle uh, Clifford won't dress. 
Yeah. And Wayne Simmons will be in and out of the lineup and getting seven or eight minutes in the games he plays. Yeah. So, so when the guys that you've brought in to counteract that, yeah. Can't play in your top nine. It it really doesn't make it a factor. Then what's the point? Yeah. Um, let's pivot slightly. Okay. Just a reminder. Check out the Hockey Podcast Network YouTube channel. Check out kencampbell.substack.com for either great writing. And uh, don't forget that if you don't get next week's episode. Call Dylan. Look it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's this thing called Google, Ken. People don't have to call me. Okay. 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 Yeah. Um, let's pivot a little bit on the Toronto Maple Leafs talk. And uh, let's talk about Austin Matthews. And the year he's I don't, having. I don't think pe- enough people are talking about that guy. <laughs> <laughs> We're being very meta here. Yeah. By talking yeah. about Austin Matthews. Yeah. No, I mean, there's a lot of conversation happening about him. And, and the fact is that, like, rightfully bloody so, he's having an insane year. The likes of which I don't, I can't even Have, think of. Haven't been done since probably the 90s or 80s. Yeah. Yeah. He's currently got 54 goals and 41 assists, good for 95 points. Yeah. For those that don't have 95 fingers and toes. Right. Yes. Uh, like myself. I had to line up all my friends to get all Well, you're it. a carpenter. You don't even have seven fingers. <laughs> <laughs> he's like He's currently got 95 points. And, of course, now the knock on him was that he was just a scorer. Oh, God, stop no, it. No, no, for years, though. Yeah, I know, but... I'm not saying that I believe that. I'd rather have a bu- guy who gets a bunch of second assists than a guy who gets 60 goals. Yeah. That's so stupid. <laughs> yeah, a glue guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I agree with you. I'm not, I'm not arguing for that, but I'm just saying that there's no two ways about it, though. His game has blossomed this year. He had yeah. how many assists last night? He had... Three? Three assists last night, yeah. Three assists last night. Yep. This guy is engaged physically. Mm-hmm. He's a big fella. Yep. Right? He's engaged physically. He's engaged on the assists. And, of course, his scoring is still essentially without peer. And he's and he's, and he's also engaged defensively, but maybe not quite as... Yeah. Quite as much as people make it out to be. The narrative was like to me he's not to me he's not a Selkie trophy nominee. No. The the narrative was that he was um he he was like a Guy Carbono. Yeah. And there's just no it's not a chance. I mean there was there was one goal where he just basically did the fly some did the flyby on on a guy last night. Yeah. And he doesn't kill penalties. I think to be a Selkie finalist, you've got you've got to be a guy who regularly kills penalties. So let's dispense with that. But he's he's better defensively and he's good defensively. He's really good defensively, but he's not He's not elite defensively, I I don't think. The thing is about, like, offensive players like this is that defensively, I don't necessarily expect you to be good. I just expect you to try. Right, yeah. And so now think about uh, Ovechkin under Barry Trotz, Yeah. right? He didn't all of a sudden become a Selkie finalist, but he just, you know, he just kind of, he got there a little bit more than than we're used to seeing in his career. But with centers, it's different because you see that, you see that, 
process, right? Right. They, you know, they start out as big scorers. Yeah. Then they learn that they have to play both ends of the ice. Yeah. And then as their career gets later and later, they become way better defensively. Yeah. You know, you saw it with Steve Eiserman. I think, I think you'll see it with Connor McDavid. I mean, you even saw it, you're even seeing it to a certain extent with Cindy Crosby. Yeah. I mean, there have been years where I think Sidney Crosby was a legitimate Selkie Trophy candidate. Absolutely. You know? Um, the stats would back you up. Yeah, on yeah, that. yeah, yeah. So so I, I think it's a little different with centermen because they have to they have to be they have to be good defensively. <laughs> you have to be good in your own end. Yeah. You've got to play two hundred feet of the ice. Yeah. As a winger, you don't have to as much. Yeah. But yeah. But in terms of his scoring, I mean it's it's sublime. Yeah. I mean, it, it's incredible. Like, yeah. like he's got, you know, and it's not the same. It doesn't have the sexiness of 50 goals in your first 50 games. Right. But he's got 47 goals in 48 games right now. Yeah. If he gets three goals in his next two games, he's got a body of work where he's got 50 and 50. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. In any era. Yeah. It's absolutely bonkers in this era. Yeah. Absolutely. He's on like a 68-goal pace this year if he played a full season. Yeah. And he started off the season with a wrist injury. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He started off the season. Yeah, he he was, he, uh, it took him a while to get going. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I've heard people say, say they don't think that there's room to grow from here, that he sets such a high bar and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I'm kind of like, I don't know, man. Next year, he's going to be still young. And he presumably won't start the year with a wrist injury. Yeah. Uh, but also, I, I also think that there might be some credence to that. Yeah. He's 24. Yeah. Oh. I, I'm looking it up right now. Yeah. He's 24. 24. Yeah. That's the prime age. Now, yeah. As an NHL player, that's the prime age. Yeah. I, I, and, you know, like I said, I thought last year, well, and maybe I'm wrong because he's picked it up, but I thought last year we saw the best we were ever going to see of Connor McDavid. Right. Um, and, you know, uh, he's, he, okay, maybe it's not the best we'll ever see of Austin Matthews, but he's right in the wheelhouse right now. Yeah. Like, I, I don't, I, I, I tend to agree that I don't think there's, that he's going to get much better because, I mean, how much better can he get? <laughs> I guess you know, can he get 75? I mean, John Cooper said the other day he thinks he can get 70. I guess what I'm saying is that I don't think that he'll necessarily get better than he's playing right now. Yeah. But I think that it's not unrealistic to think that if he goes into next year healthy, yeah. then this will be the whole season and we'll see numbers that dwarf even these numbers is my point. I don't think that his physical, like as he's playing right now, yeah. that's, that's peak Austin Matthews. Yeah. I honestly, I can't yeah. imagine that being better. But I could imagine a scenario where he he didn't score much at the beginning of the year. Yeah. So I could imagine a scenario where he's also he's also got peak Mitch Marner playing with him. Yes, that's true. Much to the chagrin of Leafs fans, Mitch Marner's that right there with like uh, I think it's eighty eight points. Well, in terms of points, in terms of points, like if you if you if you take it just overall points, points, his last little while, yeah has been even more ridiculous than Austin Matthews in terms of points, which he got 64 in his last 45, something like that. Yeah. Like it's something ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know what? So before we, we launch off to the next topic about Matthews, I just want to say John Tavares down year. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 67 points in 69 games. Good for 25 goals and, and uh, 42 mm-hmm. assists. Mm-hmm. Ah, 
The horror. And his goals are, he's starting to get the ugly ones. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he's really, yeah. he's going to the net. And I mean, he always did. Yeah. But he is really getting those, like those goals where you have to have, you have to have talent, but you also have to have a bunch of grit and determination. Yeah. And, and he's getting those kinds of goals. It, it reminds me of uh prime Corey Perry. Yeah. Better skater, but yes. yes. Well, but I'm so, yeah, yeah, specifically yeah. that net front. Yeah. Yeah. So like yeah. Gallagher is all grit. Yeah. I'm not trying to say that he doesn't have talent, but you know, the goals that he gets in front of the net front are, yeah, yeah. are bang, bang, bang. Right. Yeah. yeah. Whereas yeah. Perry, you'll see him in front of the net being cross-checked by six different directions and he toe drags back yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. roofs it. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what I'm talking about with Tavares in, in terms of it reminding me of prime Perry is that he's actually making plays in the hardest area of the ice to make a play yeah. as opposed to just yeah. being there and having the grit and determination. Right. Exactly. And get it, getting there, taking what it, you know, taking the punishment it takes to stay there and fighting through to get the goals. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So if you were to pick the heart front runner, who would it be? I'd have to say it'd probably be Matthews. Yeah. 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 Austin Matthews. I uh, I mean, Shesterkin's kind of fallen off. I don't know that he's fallen off. I think that he's he's gone from, you know, playing on Jupiter to just, just yeah. plain old Mars. Right. You yeah. know what yeah. I mean? Like, like, it's just, it's one of these things that um, he set such a crazy bar that anything looks like falling off right price's season after his vesna heart year was an excellent excellent season and yet it looked like him falling yeah. off i i will say too don't don't um don't dismiss Connor mcdavid in all of this yeah like he's he's really picked it up yeah and they're winning and he's probably going to win the scoring championship and I, I just wouldn't, I just wouldn't say it's a slam dunk for Austin Matthews over uh, um, Connor McDavid right now. With still what most teams have, what between ten and twelve games left. Yeah, I think a, a lot can happen then. Matt Matthews has fifty four goals. If you subtract fifty four goals from the Toronto Maple Leafs, yeah, they don't they don't win a lot of those games that they've won. Yeah, but I think I think Connor Mc, Connor McDavid's got a no. Ton you of, can you can say this. He's got four. Connor McDavid has four overtime goals this year. <laughs> wow, four overtime I didn't goals. Know that. He's including last night. Yeah. So there's four wins right there. You know. Yeah. So I, I I you know I mean he's scoring big ones. He's scoring a lot of big ones. Yeah. Look, you're not going to get me to argue that McDavid's not very good. Yeah. You know? Like like don't get me wrong. I'd, I if I had to vote right now, right here, right now, and in this studio at this point, I'd probably put Matthews as my number one and McDavid as my number two. Maybe Roman Yossi as my number three. Ooh, interesting because I was going to ask about Norris, but I guess you've tipped your hand there. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me ask you before we get on to the next, uh, the next award. By the way, we are now firmly entrenched in award talk. If you yep. haven't figured it out. Um, let me ask you before we get into the next award. What do you think of the McDavid Drysital debate? What do I? Th what do you mean? What do I think of it? Well, there's a lot of people that are. 
I don't like saying there's a lot of people because I just feel like that classic Twitter thing where you've like made up some some person yeah, and yeah, then you're like, yeah, people yeah. say that McDavid sucks, but those people are morons. Like nobody said it. Yeah. Just yeah, yeah, leave yeah, it yeah. be. Nobody said it. <laughs> yeah. But there is a legitimate debate going on, which is um, should McDavid like, is there a problem with McDavid and Dreisaitl splitting votes in the heart conversation or by the definition of the heart trophy? Um, you know, should it basically not go to either of them because be, due to the fact that they have each other, yeah, but I mean, they won't be the most valuable player on their team. Yeah, but I mean, Phil Esposito and Bobby Orr had each other. Mark Messier and Wayne Gretzky had each other. Yeah. You know, we just talked about Austin Matthews as Mitch Marner. Yeah. I mean, you can't help that you have good players around you. You know, I mean, you can only play with the teammates that you have. Yeah. And I just think, I, I don't think that, it's close between McDavid and Dreisaitl this year. I think McDavid is clearly the MVP of that team and possibly of the league. There's only um, five points separating them. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. But I, I, I still think that McDavid's just, his points have been bigger, in my opinion, a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, the, the like I said, the four overtime goals, you know, everything. I mean, there's no doubt that both of them make each other better. But, I mean... I, I don't know. I don't, I don't buy into that, that theory. Like you're picking the best player, you're picking the most valuable player, whichever way you want to define it. Mm-hmm. And I, I just don't think you should be penalized because you have another really good player on your team. And, and like, and they're not like Connor McDavid is not carrying Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah. Leon Dreisaitl is not carrying Connor McDavid. No. You know what I mean? No, but there is something to be said that, you know, teams that have a clear defined number one pairing defense will have and a number one shutdown line will have a question mark as to who are we shutting down? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So there is a little bit of a little bit of that. I guess I just look at Hart as as basically which player do you subtract from a team? And now I don't as much as I love goalies winning the heart, I also don't love goalies winning the heart. Yeah. Because I feel like it's just like by definition of the heart, you can give it to him every year, every single year. Yeah, You can give it to him every year. Yeah. But, um, so which player subtracting from a team makes their team the most worst, the most worst, worse, worse. Hmm. I think that that might be Austin Matthews. It might be. Yeah, Yeah. it might be. Could be Connor McDavid. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. Yeah. I I think you go back to those two guys. I mean, I mean, the Colorado Avalanche played huge swaths, huge swaths of games this year without Nathan McKinnon. Right. And they're in first place overall. Yeah. And they're currently without Gabriel Landeskog. Yeah. And they're in first place overall. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not that, it's not anybody from that team. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, Calgary, it's, I mean, Johnny Gaudreau, there's another guy. Yeah, but if you take Johnny Gaudreau out of that lineup, I'm not convinced that, I am. that Tyler Toffoli doesn't slot in. And Oh, and, no, and I don't know. No, no, no. He doesn't no, no, rack no. up Gaudreau points, but, no. you know. No, I mean, Gaudreau's, he's another guy that's having a historically good season. Yeah. You know? So. All right. I guess I just look at the Calgary Flames as more balanced. They are. Generally. Yeah, yeah. And therefore, one player it's getting more of a committee. Out yeah, it's more of a committee. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you're right. Gaudreau is... Uh, he does it for the contract years. That's Probably not- just needs to give him one year contract. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. He'll, he'll always have yeah, his and, and he'll, seasons. And he'll probably take that after this year. Yeah. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> well done. Why don't well we just, why don't they just put them on Philadelphia now for next year? Like just say, <laughs> okay, you're playing for the Flyers next year. Yeah. yeah. We all know it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, oh boy. Philly. Uh, okay. So Calder trophy, who would be your pick if you're voting today? Uh, it'd be Tanner, you know, interesting. Uh, 20 goals, a hundred pims. You're, you're counting counting penalty minutes for this? Well, no, but that but but I, it indicates a, a a style of play. You know what I mean? Like like last year, everybody in Nashville was losing their minds because they let Kelly Yarncroft go in the expansion draft, and knowing they had Tanner Janot to fill that spot, mm-hmm. uh, nobody's nobody's too worried about that right now. Yeah. But to me, to me, it's Tanner Janot. It was more Sider, and I still think he's got a chance. Um, you know, and I, I mean, even though he's, you know, twenty six and and is a is a rookie only on a technicality, I think you've got to have Michael Bunting in there as well. Yeah. So the Michael Bunting thing is interesting, and we talked actually a little bit about it last night. But I, I think that I've come to terms with how I feel about this, which is if a 26 year old, a rookie by technicality, as you, as you mentioned it is so good. Like they just basically, I guess they have to be so much better than the rest of the no, field. No, they don't. They just, themselves. they just, no, they just have to be the best one. That's just in my mind. That, no, but they just have to be the best one. There's okay. no, there's no, there's, he fits every criteria for the Calder trophy as it's defined. So you can't like I like I wouldn't sit there and go, well, because Michael Bunting's 26, he has to be way better than everybody else to get my Calder vote. No, he just has to be the best one yeah. by the definition of the Calder trophy. He just has to be the best rookie. And if he is the best rookie, you give it to him over an 18 year old. He's got a What's he got? 300 games in the minors. Yeah. Michael Bunting. Yeah. Two, 300 games in the minors. I mean, that's a huge advantage. But those are the rules. I guess what I'd say is that if you've got Michael Bunting and you've got the next fella and <laughs> sound like my grandfather fella. <laughs> <laughs> you got Michael Bunting, you got the next person. Yeah. <laughs> and you and you I'm going to be so self-conscious by the end of this. Yeah. And you um and and say Bunting's 10% better than the next person, the next person's 19. Then I give it to the 19 year old. I don't. If he's 20 or 30% better, yeah. then I got I'm going to give it to Bunting. But I guess my point is is that all that experience and all of that weighs into what I think is impressive. What I think is the most impressive rookie performance. Right. Okay. Well, I, I just, I base it on who's the best rookie. I don't look at that's age. So I don't look at, but, but that's how, but yeah. to me, that's, that's the fair way to do it. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like sit, like I voted, I vote on NHL awards. Right. And so like, I would never not vote for a guy because I think he's a dick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if, if I'm sure you voted for a few of them, too. if player X is in my mind, a jerk and I've had terrible interactions with him yeah. and, uh, you know, I don't like him, uh, you know, whatever. I think he's just a bad person. Yeah. If he's the best player in the league, I'm voting him for the heart trophy. Same yeah. thing for the hall of fame. I would never keep like, I don't make that decision, but I would never keep someone out of the hall of fame yeah. just because I thought he was a dick. Yeah. You know what I mean? So to me, I think you base it on what's the criteria of the award and who 
most meets that meets or exceeds that criteria. So if I was picking my Calder today, I would do something completely different. I'd vote completely with my heart and I would say Trevor Zegras. Okay. His points are there. Yep. They're not, um, they're not stunning. They're he's third in rookie scoring. Yeah. Michael Bunching 55, Lucas Raymond 53, Trevor Zegras 50. Right. And then when you just kind of add what he's brought to the game, like the game of hockey. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not just talking about the Michigan. Um, I'm talking about the smirks. Sorry. We'll talk about that later. (laughs) (laughs) The little comments, the smirks, the laughs. (laughs) No, but anyways, I just, Trevor Zegris, he's just so amazing to watch. He's just got so much skill. He's just, he's just a guy that doesn't necessarily have the physical attributes of a Connor McDavid or an Austin Matthews or one of these, these guys, but yet he's just, he just does it. Mm-hmm. He just wakes up in the morning and says, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to be awesome today. Yeah. <laughs> he up in the mirror and says, Who's awesome. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, exactly. And so he's there in points, right? Like I said, 50, um, third in points for rookie scoring. Yeah. He's there in points. He's got 17 goals mm-hmm. compared to bunting 20, uh, Raymond 22 and, uh, Tanner, you 23. So he's, not quite there in goals, but he's there in points and just seeing what he's doing and changing the game. And it's just great. So yeah, I, I'd, I'd have Zegras. Are we going to have the conversation we had last night about, we are a, in a, little about bit. A, about a certain other player that we wonder whether or not he should be considered as a Calder f- oh, candidate? Oh, yes, of course. Um, I've, I've cooled on that. Have you? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. We're, okay. Talking about, uh, we're talking about Cole Caulfield. So Cole Caulfield is eighth in rookie scoring. But there's a bit of a drop off. He's got 35 points compared right, to right. 55 for Michael Bunting. Right, he's 20, he's 20 out of the lead. No, he's but I, like I said last night, I think the best way I can put it is that he deserves to be in the conversation about being in the conversation. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean. But yeah. he's not a. I don't think he's a serious contender. Yeah, like he's not top five. But he's what he's doing is pretty impressive. I've attempted to go out of my way to not be a jerk and not... Um, not working. <laughs> I know. I do, <laughs> I do such a bad job of it. <laughs> but not trash talk, um, because for those that don't know, I write Fries on the Prize. I have a, a Habs podcast as well. But not trash talk Dominic Ducharme on his way out. I think that yeah. a lot of coaches, their first go around the league, they they get handed a very large slice of humble pie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that that's not out of the ordinary. And so I, I've gone out of my way to not trash talk Dominic Ducharme, but in this specific situation, yeah, he, he took, he took the Calder away from Cole Caulfield and, and or at least he took the ability of the Calder away from he Cole t- Caulfield. He took, he took any chance he had of winning it away from him. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I shouldn't yeah, say I mean, he had no, away, but he yeah. had, let's put it this way. He, under Marty San Louis, he would have had a chance. Yeah. Under Dominic Ducharme, he had no chance. If what we've seen under San Louis was his year all year, and th- and that's not saying that it would have been. No. Because it's, no, it's you know, not. There's it's a million not. different things that happen yeah, in the I game mean, of hockey. Yeah, and plus, you know, I mean, who's to say that he wouldn't have hit the wall if he was playing against tough competition yeah. every night? Yeah. Uh, every game, 
You know, I mean that 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 would have worn on him because he's a college player who didn't play many games last year. Yeah, you know, so yeah, yeah. but I mean, he would have been right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. So it, it's a it's a shame. Uh, he's a he's another one that's just really fun to watch. Yeah, not as fun as Trevor Zegras, but like, did you see his goal last night where mm-hmm. he shot it right through the goalie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that was just. Yeah. Oh man, so much power on but that release. That's fun too. I mean, yeah. you know, that's it's fun to watch that. To take a wrist shot from the top of the circle. Yeah. That goes through the goalie. Like that's not, It's weird. Eh? Like like a guy that big, you'd think, how does he get so much behind that doesn't shot? Doesn't shock me. Well, no, and it's yeah. it's like Connor yeah. Bedard. Yeah. Connor Bedard has a has an NHL shot yeah. and he's he's getting bigger, but even when he was like 5 foot 4, he could <laughs> shoot like a friggin' NHL player. Yeah. I think I've mentioned um, we brought a radar gun to one of the old beer league skates that I used to play with. Oh, God. And, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. We were, we were measuring the shots. One guy played in the A, AHL. One guy played in the O. The guy, Those two guys are brothers, both over 300 pounds. Yeah. The guy that won the slap shot competition. Yeah, and they can both skate. Yeah, 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 yeah. The guy that won the slap shot competition was five foot two. Wow. He shot it 130 kilometers an hour. Oh my goodness. Wow. That guy is the only guy that has taken my glove off of my hand. That's hands. an 80, that's an 80 mile an hour shot I'm for a beer leaguer. Well that's aware. pretty good. That's pretty good. He took the glove off my hand once. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I gloved it and the glove came off. My, if I did that, it would be different. <laughs> They'd be, it'd be registering different speeds because it would, they'd have to take into account the flutter. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I mean? Puck. Like, yeah. Oh my, uh, it would be just, uh Be terrible. It would be. So uh, let's move on to Norris. Speaking hey, of slap shots, yeah. let's move on to Norris. I think that we're in the same place for Norris. Hard to, hard to not give it to Roman Yossi at this point. <sighs> I mean, like you've got Kale McCarr is there. but He's, His points, Kale McCarr's points have, have, have tapered waned, a have <laughs> waned a little bit. A little bit. Not yeah. a ton, but a little bit. W- Wayne is a woodworking tool uh, uh, term, eh? Okay, sure. Just towards the edge of the grain of wood. Anyways, okay. I just thought that was interesting. I thought that you you, you, you did, eh? Wow, that's interesting you, that you, you would think you that's enjoy, interesting. Uh, you enjoy some good uh, 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 etymology, as yes. much as an X man. Yes, yes, I do. I mean, okay. So Roman Yossi, eighty-four points. Kale McCarr, seventy-five points. It's I feel so bad for Kale McCarr. Because he is having, by all definitions, an excellent, excellent year as a defenseman, points wise. Yeah. And Roman Yossi just turned around and said, "Hey, guess what? Hold who my I am? beer. <laughs> Hold my Hold beer. Hold my beer. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And and I mean, and I mean, Victor Hedman's still having a great season too. Like to me, those are the top three. Points. Those are the top three. And you know what? Like Adam Fox is at sixty-seven. The reigning. I know. The reigning I know. Norris. I winner. know. I know. And and you know what drives me nuts is people like, oh God, you know you. Keep, it's a defenseman. Why do you have to give it to the guy with the most points? Because the guy with the most points is <laughs> is doing is doing the opposite, right? right he's right. keeping it out of your end. He's creating offense. Yeah. That, like people don't realize that when a defenseman plays that way, it kills so many plays or so many possible plays that could come against you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's hard to it's it's hard for a team to break out of their own zone. Yeah. When the puck's in the back of their net and you're going back to center ice for a face-off. Yeah. Really hard to break out of your own end when you're doing that. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. I mean, so to me, points do matter for defensemen. 
They do. They do. They matter. They absolutely matter. Here's the thing. And in the case of these guys, in the case of these three guys in particular, like it's not just points. It's not just points. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because, and I was just about to jump to that because for defensemen over 500 minutes, guess who leads the league in Corsi 4 percentage? Roman Yossi. Kale McCarr. Oh, Kale McCarr. Yeah. Okay. Roman Yossi yeah. is a ways down that list. Now, Kale McCarr does start 60% in the offensive zone. Right. So he has a little bit of an advantage there. Mm -hmm. But still, I'm just saying the shots are going that way yeah. and not yeah. this way. Yeah, that's right? always bugged me. That's always bugged me. If a guy, if a defenseman has a lot of points, it's almost like he gets maligned. Oh, no. You know what I mean? Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, yeah, geez, I don't want offense for my blue line. I yeah. really don't want yeah. the puck to not be in my end all the time. Yeah. Like, and I really don't want that guy who can get the puck on his stick under pressure and yeah. get it out of my zone on a forward stick. I remember talking about the the Latrade. Uh, Shea Weber and uh, and uh, PK Subban. And I remember, you know, like, oh, I can't believe it. Weber's older. He's got bad course. You know, he's got bad this, he's got bad that. And then the guy goes, yeah, Dylan, you're right about all that. But he's got 20 goals. Yeah. And of course, back then, like, you know, the scoring was way down compared to what it is now. Mm -hmm. he goes, Dylan, he's got 20 goals. I went, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah that's that. good. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Yeah. It's that's a good really thing. Good. If your team gets 20 more goals, you should be happy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think that we're both on the same page with the Norris. It's uh, why overthink it? Yeah. Somebody is putting up historical numbers. Yeah. And uh, and 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 looking good in the process mm -hmm. and dragging the team to the playoffs. Yeah. Kale McCarr doesn't have to do the heavy lifting. That's why he's got those offensive zone starts. Right, because he's got a deeper team. Yep. Roman Yossi's doing a well, lot. Well, and yeah, well, okay, he's a, it's a percentage thing, so he's he's going to get more by volume. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. because they're starting in the offensive zone more, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So before we get on to the next subject, don't forget to subscribe to the Hockey Podcast Network. Don't forget to check us out next week when we'll have Jeff Merrick with us, and don't forget to check out for. Writing specifically on the next topic that we're going to be talking about, kencampbell.substack.com. Ken, can I tell you a story? Uh, well, you're probably going to anyways, but... So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm driving down Queen Street, and there's this spot, right? And this guy tries to get into the spot with his pickup truck, and he can't fit, okay? Yeah. And I've got a smaller car, and so I, I go in, and, and first try, parallel park. Bam. He, he tried forwards, he tried backwards, he tried sideways, he couldn't get the truck in. It must be because you drive an electric car and you're better than everyone else. Yeah, no, I I, I mean, that's a, that's a given. Yeah. So anyways, I couldn't help myself. I smirked a little bit. I grinned a little bit. Yeah. And of course, he got out of the truck and, and beat me to a pulp mercilessly. As, 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 you sh as you deserved. Well, and you know, that's the thing is that I, I feel that I'm a better man for it. Yeah, you learned. I, I should you learned. learn that I should never be happy about anything because it might hurt someone else's feelings. Right. Right. Where are we going with this? <laughs> Troy Terry. Yeah. Jay Beagle. Mm -hmm. Talking about the Anaheim Ducks now. Do you have any thoughts on that incident before uh, I go into my, no, my montage? No, not really. Not montage. No. I could make it a montage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, let's not. No, not really. I don't. I don't really have very, very many strong thoughts on it. You, 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 you don't have thoughts about fighting in general. Uh, 
do you want me to do you want me to take well it's just to me to me it's like i i it, it's counter to what i usually say but i i don't understand these people who are like jay beagle needs to be suspended what for beating a guy up for punching a guy in the head too many times who are you? Did you get punched in the head before No, but here? it's just to me, it's it's just like, what was he supposed to do? He's supposed to like, okay, this guy's coming coming at me. This Troy Terry guy's coming at me. He's supposed to, in that split second, go, oh, it's Troy Terry, who, let me check hockeyfights.com. Oh, has no fights. Oh, <laughs> let me check NHL.com. 32 goals. Oh, <clears throat> you know... <clears throat> Let me check hockey DB. Oh, I've got three pounds and or three inches and twenty five pounds on him. Okay, well I'm not going to fight. Like, like if you're going to condone and support this garbage, and that's what it is to me, garbage. Right. If you're going to condone and support and promote this crap, yeah. Then do not cluck your tongue and point your finger when it goes sideways. Because things happen, okay? If you're gonna, if you're only gonna penalize fighting with a five-minute major, and you're gonna pat Jay Beagle on the back after for what he for for fighting a guy, then don't be surprised when he punches someone in the head and and the guy gets his face busted up. You know, I mean, don't do it. It it it's either you want it or you don't, and it's it's proven that the NHL wants this. They love this stuff. They yeah. love this stuff. Have you, do you hear some of, well, I mean, Tyson Nash. Yeah. Who I, I was I, referencing earlier. I listened to Craig McTavish talk about a fight yeah. between Mason Gertzen and Zach Cassian. Yeah. And he talked about it like it was like the most honorable, wonderful, beautiful thing that hockey's ever had. Because Mason Gertzen asked, asked, Zach Cassian to fight and Zach Cassian said, yeah, but we can only throw left because I broke my face or whatever. And I can't get hit on that side of my face. So they only threw lefts. And then afterwards they patted each other and, and they went off and visited sick kids in the hospital. And aren't these guys wonderful people? And isn't this beautiful? And doesn't this make our game lovely? Like, right. like as long as you're going to have that and you want to promote it and you want to, and you want to, you, you want to make these guys heroes and, and all this other garbage, then don't be surprised when it goes sideways. I mean, to me, this is not complicated. This is not complicated. Troy Terry was not engaged in a fight and Jay Beagle did. Right. And then Troy Terry got his face beaten in. Right. And, I said this to you last night, and this is this is the big this is the big shocker here. I am not an anti-fighting guy. I am actually a pro-fighting guy. I don't like fighting like the '90s. You know, I remember growing up the '90s and the 2000s when it was you know a fight every two seconds. And and, and Dylan, why you are part of the problem? Ty Domi, you, you are know, part sh- of the problem, my friend. Okay, no, but you're, hear me out. Hear me out. I'm 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 on a period of self-discovery here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like fighting like the nines, but I kind of like it today. You know, it's once every few games, like fighting is down. I kind of like it as just like, just a, just a little sprinkle on the game. Right. But here's where I'm, I'm kind of landing on this. Okay. It's just like you wrote in your Substack article, Ken Campbell.substack.com Substack for hockey unfiltered wrote. There are five pages in the rule book around fighting. Yeah. 
it's to me, it's not that complicated. If I because I watch boxing, right? I can't do MMA. That's just too brutal for me. But yeah, I, but I, I'll watch if there's a good a good boxing match on. I'll watch it. I do feel a little bit bad because I do know that their heads are really getting beat around bad. But uh, you know, I'll, I'll watch it. So I don't want to be a hypocrite here, but. It, it should not be more complicated than if me as an adult and you as an adult playing a sport as adults being paid for it said, I would like to fight you. Would you like to fight me? And you say yes. And then we drop the gloves and fight. It shouldn't be more complicated than that. And the fact that this stuff, this garbage keeps on happening and keeps on coming up. I'm almost ready to say I'm done with fighting in the league. Yeah. Because what it adds to the game, and I do think that it adds to the game, because that's me personally, right? I do, I, I'm entertained by it, and it's an entertainment industry. So I'm just speaking for myself. But what it adds to the game right now is being outweighed by what it's taking away from the game. Right. And I'm kind of like, look, guys, if you can't play nice with the toys, we're going to just have to take the toys away. Right, right. Because this is getting out, this is just getting outrageous. It's not that complicated. If somebody wants to fight you, then fight them. And I'm tired of the code. I'm uh, like, if I were to make one change to the fighting rules, it would be premeditated fights. I'd be like susp- automatic suspension and uh, and non. Um, what would you call it? Non uh, Con- consensual. Yeah, yes. Yeah, they actually use they actually suspension. use the term willing combatants in the rule book. Right. Stupid. But anyways, my point is, is that like. I feel like it just shouldn't be this complicated. It's not. Paul Byron hit Mackenzie Weger high, got suspended for three games. That's good. The DPOS did their job for once. Yeah. It, it wasn't an, a hugely egregious hit, but it was a high hit. And so we got three games. Paul Byron gets back and Mackenzie Weger says, well, I guess we better fight. What? Yeah. He was already suspended. Right. Right. What do you mean he has to answer the bell? He answered the bell when he gave up three games of paycheck. Right. That's right. the bell. The bell is not... We're trying to get um, head injuries out of the game. Right. The bell... So now we've got two on the same play? Right? Because yeah, because-, because Paul Byron's five foot six. Yeah. He's 160 pounds. You know what? I, I To reference this guy, Don Cherry said the funniest thing about Paul Byron once, and it's always stuck in my head. He looks like one of those pictures of those underage World War I soldiers coming back from battle. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he kind of does. Yeah. He's so yeah. skinny and small, and his clothes just hang off of him, and he can't find a helmet small enough to fit his head, and Mackenzie Weger is going to fight him? Like, Anyways, it's just, I like I said, if it's this complicated, I'm... I'm I'm ready to say I'm I'm okay with it being out of the game, and I like fighting in hockey. Yeah. But if it's this complicated that we have to see this kind of garbage, but that's what comes with it. That's the problem. I hear either, what you're either, saying. Either you have it or you don't. And if you're gonna have it, then you're gonna have this kind of stuff happening. So either either you want it or you don't. Like all I ever hear from people in the fighting debate is, oh, it's it's nuanced, it's complex. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's not nuanced. It's not complex. Yeah. You're allowing people to throw off their gloves and bare knuckle punch other people in the head. Either you <laughs> want it in the game or you don't. Right. It's not complex. Not at all. There's nothing complex about it. 
Well, I'm, I think I'm bringing up a relatively complex side of it, which is that I, <laughs> I do want it in the game, but I'm getting sick and tired of what comes with it. Yeah. Yeah. So then you can't have it in the game. You're right. You're right. You, <laughs> I guess you, so. you got to, you, you know, you look, I told you the story. That's okay? why you can't have these things. My, you can't, yeah. you can't have your toys. We're taking your toys away. Right. Exactly. I told you the story. My wife and I went to her first hockey game several years back and the game had everything in my mind. Okay. It was her first hockey game. She'd never watched hockey before. She grew up in Zimbabwe. Right. Not a whole ton of ice hockey being played there. Not a lot. And then, and she fell in love with the game because we went to a game where uh, there was a come from behind victory. Max Pacioretty got a hat trick and Jared Tenority and Griba fought. As far as I'm concerned, that's the trifecta of a entertaining hockey game. And we are in the third row yep. at, uh, at um, Canadian Tire Center because they basically just give away those tickets <laughs> for Canadian Tire yep. Center. Yep. But um, my point is, is that I, I'm not going to lie. The fight enhanced the experience for me. Okay. Well. But like I said before, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm coming around to this idea of getting rid of the fighting because I, I can't stand seeing this. Yeah. Well. It's not complicated. If Troy Terry was willing to drop the gloves, then I don't care that he scored 30 goals. I yep. don't care that he's, I don't care that he's not had any fights. If he's willing to drop the gloves, then he should be able to fight. And if he's not, then he shouldn't. How do you feel about PK Subban fighting uh, Oliver Wallstrom over a hit on Jack Hughes? The fighting over clean hits is so dumb. It's the dumbest. But again, like, you know, if if the guys are willing to go at it, then they're willing to go at it. You know, I remember. uh, But Oliver Wallstrom wasn't. No, you're right. Yeah, he got jumped. He got jumped. But I and to me, it's just like Alexi Evelyn hip checked a guy, in the Colorado Avalanche. At the end of uh, at the end of a game, and Montreal's winning like ten one or something like that, right? So he hip checks the guy, and um, Jerome McGinley goes and tries to engage with Alexi Emlin. He cross checks him. He threatens to drop the gloves, and Emlin just went no, yeah, and that was the end of it. And that to me is what fighting should be. So you gave him the extracurricular, you challenged him, he backed down, and 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 that's that. Well, if it's a clean hit. You shouldn't even have to challenge the guy if it's a clean hit. Yeah, and everybody it was, talks it was about a huge hit at the end of a ten-one game. Everybody, everybody, of- everybody talks about you know how um, you know taking the physicality out of hockey. Like I would argue that <laughs> if you have to fight when you hit a guy clean, that discourages hitting. <laughs> yeah, that takes the physicality. <laughs> that discourages out of hitting. Fair enough. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So okay, well, moving on to another Anaheim Ducks topic. Yep. Getzlav announces retirement. So my big question to you, is he a first ballot Hall of Famer? I've been thinking about this. I think he is. I think he is. Yeah. I He's one of those guys that I'm not sure he's a, he's a slam dunk, but it, it's, he's one of those guys where it's not egregious. Him getting in is not egregious. No. I mean, he's won a Stanley cup. He's won an Olympic gold medal. He's yeah. won a World Cup. He's won a World Junior World gold medal. Yeah. He's won an under-18 gold medal. He's got 1,000 games. He's got 1,000 points. He's got almost 1,000 penalty minutes. Um, he checks off a lot of boxes. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, he's a Hall of Famer, yeah. He kind of reminds me of, like, we talked about Marlowe, uh, Patrick Marlowe as a Hall of Famer. And to me, you've got to have two things to be in the Hall, or you should I guess in my mind, ideally, you have two things to be in the hall. One, you need to be 
one of the best for a period of time. Mm -hmm. And then you need to be good to great for a longer period of time. Right, right. So a great example of this is Marty Brodeur. Mm -hmm. Won a couple of Vesnas, so was the best for a period of time, but then had a long career where he was very good, right? And There's so, those cups too that he won. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. yeah. I, I, think too, I think too where you, you sort of, part of the measuring stick here is, you know, for how long have be, pe- people been talking about, we got to get that number, that, that big number one center, especially the Pacific division, yeah. you know, like we got to get that big number one center to go against Ryan, Ryan Getzlav. Yeah. You know, like he was the, he was the prototype for the, the longest yeah. time, you know, yeah. not a, not a real tough guy, but a tough, tough guy enough. to play against and, and tough to play against. Yeah. And, you know, pretty amazing leadership qualities as well. Yeah. So I think that comes into it as well. Yeah. Plays his whole career for one team. I think that, I think that's got some cachet to it too. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. that's not something you see happening almost ever yeah. <laughs> anymore, you yeah, know? Yeah, so, yeah. so I, I think he absolutely ticks off enough boxes to be a hall, a first ballot hall of famer. Yes. Yeah. Well, so we're looking at, what are we, 22, 22, 23, 23, 24. He's in the Hall of Fame class of 2025. Maybe, maybe. I don't know that he ever reached that height of, I mean, obviously he was tall, but uh, of of being one of the best. No, no. Right? And so that's that's my one knock against him. He had a long career of being very, very good. But he was one of the best at being that prototypical big yeah. presence down the middle. Yeah. Like I said, you know, like every time you talked about it, it was like, well, he's got to go up against Ryan, Ryan Getzlaff and Andre Kopitar, you know, yeah. but it all, the, the list almost always started with Ryan Getzlaff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that I'm kind of, I think that we're fairly on the same page, which is that not necessarily a slam dunk, but but no, he should, he should be in the hall. Absolutely no, not nothing egregious about him getting in. Yeah, in I would cluck my tongue this year. Yeah, 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 yeah. So before we get off the Anaheim Ducks, uh, I want to ask the question: Where do you think their rebuild's going? Well, I kind of um, felt like like Getzlaff was supposed to be a part of it. No, no, I think he was sort of the stopgap to kind of get them through. I mean, the rebuild, we know where the rebuild is. It's with Troy Terry and Trevor Zegris and Jamie Drysdale and whoever yeah. they have, in, whoever they're going to get in this year's draft and, you know, th- those guys. So yeah. are those guys good enough? Um, they are. I, I think it's going to be a while. Yeah. I think it's going to be a while before, you know, and it'll probably be beyond when John Gibson's a really good goalie. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I, it's got a ways to go. Yeah. Do you think that they're going to bulk up after this year, like like uh, the New York Rangers did after uh, after last year? Oh, because they had a Tom Wilson problem. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I guess. I don't care. You don't care. No. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it just you know the thing is, is that what always fascinates me in the NHL is when a team takes a hard left turn, yeah, based on like one incident, yeah. So. And my favorite example of that is the 2010 Washington Capitals won the president's trophy and then just ran into the great wall of Halak at the playoffs. Right. And then just went, well, I guess we're redoing everything here. They did. Well, aside from 
Ovechkin yeah, yeah, backstrom. Yeah, but yeah, they, yeah. you know, they yeah. changed a, they changed a lot after that year. Yeah, and it, and it only took seven more years for them to win the Stanley Cup. Well, I think that they were undoing the damage that they did after 2010. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And so I, I was surprised that the Leafs didn't do the same thing after last year. That they didn't they didn't overreact to Well, if they get slapped in the face again this year, I mean oh, you've got to have to sooner or later. Yeah. yeah. Um oh, what was I gonna say? So I'm just I asking forget. about uh about do you think that Anaheim's gonna overreact? To well, this if they do and- if they do, then like what are they doing, right? Yeah. You had Nicholas Delorier and you traded him at the deadline. Yeah. I mean, he was your guy. Yeah. That that was supposed to stop all these things from happening. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But and but I mean, yeah. Violence begets violence, my it, friend. It does. Yeah, it does. All right. So before we get out of here, let's talk about the Minnesota Wild. Mm-hmm. And just as a final reminder, check us out as of next week on the Hockey Podcast Network YouTube channel. Check us out, and uh, don't forget that if you don't get next week's episode, resubscribe. We've been getting some 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 nice comments on YouTube. Oh, we have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, oh, somebody told us uh, keep up the good work. Okay. Yeah, which is you know. what? Yeah, but they could be like, keep up the good work, Stiffs. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's in, that's yeah. entirely possible. Yeah. Um, and uh, and we've got a few nice comments on uh, on Castbox, and we've got one nice comment on Apple Podcasts. Okay, I don't even know what Castbox is. It's just another uh, podcast okay. listening okay, listening good. platform. That's nice. Yeah, I won't mention the comments because uh, they uh, they make fun of some colleagues. Okay. No, it doesn't make fun of colleagues. Anyways, neither here nor there. <laughs> okay. Neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, Minnesota Wild. Right. A lot of people are picking this team to be a dark horse at this point. With everyone calling them so underrated, is a chance that is there a chance that they are basically reaching <laughs> overrated? I don't think so. I you don't, don't think, think so? so? No, no. I, I think I think that's legit. You know? I think now that you put them in the top of tier two. So like if tier one is Colorado, I don't know if you put them top of tier. Yeah, they're in tier. But that's two. what a dark horse. Yeah, yeah, they're in tier two. Yeah, they're in me. tier two. They're in yeah. tier two. Yeah, for sure. But the top of tier two, they're right out. They're close. Yeah, yeah. So you, if your tier one is Colorado, Panthers, Tampa, yeah, I guess you don't think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Calgary. Yeah, you could maybe put in tier one. Then the top of tier two would be Minnesota, then Toronto. You would have then- Carolina at the top of tier in tier one? Yeah, I'd have Carolina in tier one. Uh, they were actually, and speaking of these two teams, Carolina was letting in a, 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 a few stinkers against Minnesota the other day. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Was, that was not a good look for the for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. And the, <laughs> I won't get into that. <laughs> Some of the comments about Freddie Anderson. And like how like he it just there's something bizarre about Freddie Anderson where no matter where he is like he can do no evil. Every time that he makes a mistake, people just jump on to like, yeah. like oh no he was reading it like this. It's like well stop a puck. Yeah yeah <laughs> yeah know? just stop it. Yeah that would be helpful. But uh, so you'd put Minnesota towards the top of tier two. Yeah yeah I think I would yeah yeah, yeah. not like they're not. I'd put them towards the top. Yeah I mean Toronto's in tier two I assume. That's who I'd put at the top of tier two. Yeah. 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 They're, they, I think they sort of vacillate between tier one and tier two. Yeah. Sometimes they look like tier one and other times they look like tier two. Yeah. Well, so, we won't know until we see them in the playoffs. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, so the dumb, the like, dumb injury is going to hurt them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's really going to hurt them. 
to me, it's it seems like a lot of people are in love with the story of the Minnesota Wild. Like there's there's a very like if they win the cup this year, there will be a movie about it <laughs> because because it's kind of so perfect. Yeah, they weren't supposed to be this good. No, and then they just became this good. Then they trade for Marc Andre Fleury, right? A, a lovable veteran, right? And then uh, and and next year. They're going to run into such huge cap problems that this won't be an option again next year. Oh, I don't know. I mean, you don't you, think so? I don't know. Teams always seem to find a way to sign the guys they need to. The finagle. And, yeah. 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 And when you're when you're as good a GM as Bill Guerin is, I think, well, their cap problems are going to be largely because the buyouts are, are, and, are, um, are really... They sting. Parise. They start yeah. to sting in the next couple of years. They're yeah. really, really like it's yeah. like what between the two of them, it's like seven million dollars in cap space. I think it's more. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's that's obviously going to be a huge factor. But what I, you know, I mean, Bill Guerin was pretty bold with this roster. I mean, yeah. you know, he buys out Suter, he buys out Parise. He lets Devin Dubnik walk. He lets Eric Stahl walk. And so what happens? Then you get guys like Marcus Foligno and Ryan Hartman and Kevin Fiala and guys like that going, okay, now we've got to pick it up. This is our team now. And and we've got to bring it. And, and they're doing that, you know? Can I tell you, next year, yep. 6.37 million each. Each. The yeah. year after that. 7.37 yeah. each the year after that also 7.371 and then uh, and then it goes yeah. down to 833,000 yeah. there's there's a little bit of like a you know what i mean like like movies love to make an artificial deadline right like they they you know like a good movie narrative is yeah. like this is your last chance to win that legal thing or else you're being fired from the firm and your wife's leaving you. And you know, life doesn't really work like that. Like yeah. I screw up constantly and my life's doing just fine. Right. <laughs> but life doesn't really, but that's like how movies work, but that's kind of, it, it just makes me think of this Minnesota wild team where it's just sort of like next year, you've got $13 million in unspendable money and basically a flat cap. So you've basically got, yeah. a flat cap. Yeah. And so I wonder if, if part of the reason why, this is really caught on as a story is because there's, there's a narrative here that's really fun. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think people, I don't think people look that far ahead to be honest with you. <laughs> I just think this is a, this is a team that's overachieved. They're better than people thought. They're a pretty good team. They're not a great team. Yeah. Um, But they're also a team that, you know, I mean, you could see them getting hot in the playoffs. You could see them putting it together and winning a couple of rounds. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, I mean, I don't think they will win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. But I think they're, I think they, they have, they have the, the potential to be a, a fun, a fun story to watch. Yeah. I mean, I, I was, I was watching a few of their games and stuff, you know, kind of in preparation for, for talking about them today. And, yeah. and they are offensively. Yeah. They're very non Minnesota wild like. <laughs> That's the other thing here is yeah, that the, they're they're the, not these are not your father's Minnesota Wild. Yeah. Or the, even um, your even your older brother's Minnesota Wild. Yeah. Yeah. You the, know the Koivu years are gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, even like a guy like Joel Erickson Eck, who I've always liked as just one of those great hard nosed grinder type players, 
you know, he's got 40 points this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, he's, yeah, like yeah. it's great to see guys like that. And then, of course, Kirill Kaprizov is 87 points in 68 games. You know, outrageous. Matt Zuccarello, 71 and 61. Kevin Fiala, 61 and 69 games. It's, this is, this is an interesting team. And, I mean, Marc-Andre Fleury, I, I hardly think of as a slam dunk in net. Yeah. Because... <laughs> Because you don't know yeah. what you're going to get. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, Mark Andre yeah. Fleury is like a box of chocolates. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, especially in the playoffs. Right. So, yeah, I don't see him as a slam dunk in net, but he's also, he is the kind of guy that, you know, he might just carry them to a Stanley Cup final. Gets on a heater. He did that with yeah. Vegas. Yeah. That's yeah. not too long ago. And he's playing well. He's got like, I was actually just looking up his save percentage. It's, uh, I I can I can tell you in just one second. Oh, I'm so sorry. I thought that he was close to the top. Whatever, no, doesn't matter. Not. It's something like a nine fifteen or something like that. He's not close to the top. I mean, he was he was really good in Chicago. He yeah, he was really good. Um, and he's been he's been quite good in in Minnesota. Oh, there you go. He's be, he's got a nine thirty in Minnesota. Right. That's right. what it, that's what I was yeah. looking at. Yeah. He's got a 930 since he joined the Minnesota Wild. Now, that's four games. Mm-hmm. But, Small body of work. Yeah. But um he was getting very little help in Chicago. He's getting no help in Chicago. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was being nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like let me just try to turn over a new leaf once in a while, <laughs> okay. okay? I was okay. trying to be nice. Okay. He's getting very little help in in Chicago and he's getting more help in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And now he's putting up a 930. So, yeah, yeah. maybe. 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 Anything else you want to t- touch on before we get out of here? Uh, OHL Cup. I was at the OHL Cup the other night. Yeah. A uh, team called the Mississauga Senators won the uh, won it. Yeah. And there's a kid by the name of Michael Misa on that team. He's a he's a person you want to remember. Um, you wrote about him. Yeah, for he, the Toronto Star and and for my Substack as well. Yeah. KenCampbell.substack.com. <laughs> But, but hey, you took my line, buddy. Yeah, you never yeah. step on another person's sorry, line. Sorry about that. No, but this kid, um, you know, I mean, it's interesting because he's applied for exceptional player status to play yeah. uh, major junior hockey as a 15-year-old next year. All through the tournament and before the tournament, every scout, every every agent I talked to, everybody I talked to was like, there's three kids who have applied. None of them are getting it. Right. And then this kid goes and he breaks Connor McDavid's record yeah. in the OHL Cup scoring record yeah. as 10 goals, 20 points in seven games, including three and two in the final game. They win 6-2 and he has three goals into his season on five of the goals. Like he was it was it was a dominant performance by any metric. Mm-hmm. And you know, I look back and and you know, I mean, okay, so you, they say, okay, well, it's it's you know, he's playing in a more watered down league. Well, maybe, I don't know, but he's still the best one. And secondly, I do know that the year Connor McDavid got his, his um, exceptional player status. He had no points in the OHL cup final. They got beat one, nothing by the Mississauga rebels. Right. And this kid had five points. I mean, I, I, I get, I, I get the sense that the worm is turning here and that, I think we're going to see this kid in the Ontario Hockey League next year. Yeah. His name is Michael Misa. He's 15 years old. He's dynamic. He's he's skilled as all get out and I think he's going to be a, a he's going to be a top prospect. He's going to be a special player. He's not going to be Connor McDavid, Connor Bedard special, but he's going to be damn damn good. Yeah. 
Well, um, that'll be uh, that'll be interesting to watch how that shakes out. Yep. Uh, Mississauga is not in the GTHL, is it? They are. They oh, are. They are. Yeah, it's weird. They are in the GTHL. Okay. Yeah. So then it's not really that watered down of a league. Well, it's there's a, there's it's three against the Marlies and the Junior Canadians. Yeah. And, you well, know, the like, Marlies and the Junior Canadians and Mississauga are the good teams, and then there's a lot of really like it drops off real quick yeah, after no, I've that. Got a, I've got a student on one of those oh, dropped off dropped teams. off teams. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he's getting a lot of a lot of scout. Probably getting a lot of reps too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he is getting that. Yeah. He is getting that. All right, so thanks so much for sticking around. Uh, you can get this episode, other full episodes, and of course, Ken's writing at kencampbell.substack.com. Don't forget, we're joining the Hockey Podcast Network, if I haven't already said that once or twice a day. And uh, so check us out on the Hockey Podcast Network YouTube channel. We're going to be doing a lot more interesting stuff with them, some live Q&As, all kinds of great stuff. And of course, if you don't get next week's episode, please re-look it up on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast, CastBox, whatever. And uh, just in case there was a bit of an interruption there with the Hockey Podcast Network as we go over to their servers. And of course, please leave a comment or a review. We appreciate all of them. We appreciate all of you. Take care.